0: Well, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at a series called Jesus and We. That if we really want to change an area, then we're going to have to begin to believe some things about ourselves. The first one we looked at was this. And this is a declaration that we need to make of ourselves constantly. Uh, Can you go to that first slide there, please? It says, we are faith-filled, big-thinking bet the farm risk takers you got to start believing that about yourself well I just don't know if I can live that way the, the word says that those who are, 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 are that it is impossible to please God without this kind of believing so about ourselves and about Harvest Christian Fellowship we are faith-filled big thinking bet the farm risk takers we will not insult God with small thinking and safe living and that's where we need to go secondly the thing we looked at <clears throat> last week, was we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. So many times the church has existed to, to, to satisfy the need of spiritual consumers who come in and eat all the spiritual food, get nice and spiritually fat, and then do nothing. Well, that's not going to be us. So, we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers, I like this. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. And we exist for the world. We are the church. Now there's some things that I want to bring out today. I'll give you time. Just leave that up there. We've got people taking pictures of it. I want to talk about something today that will change the way we do things, if we get on board. Uh, And it's things that we're already in the process of doing that uh, anytime I talk to people, I have to brag on this church. You say, well, I hope you would. I hope you do. (laughs) But what I want to talk about today is something that I want us to get a mindset in. The Lord told me one, some, one time, I was teaching on tithes and offerings. And the Holy Spirit said in the middle of the class, and I wrote it down, I haven't forgotten it since. He said, when money means nothing to you, it'll come greater to you. When we realize that money is simply a resource that is put in our hands to continue and further the work of the kingdom, See, what happens is a lot of times we have made money a God, and it's even become bigger than God. Come on. <coughs> Folks, how many of you know God's not opposed to you having money? God likes for you to have money. What he's opposed to is when we are controlled by that thing, because God doesn't want you controlled by anything. And so, as I began to uh, get into this, it it led to this next statement that I want us to take into ourselves. The next statement is this, we will lead the way with irrational generosity. This is a new vision, the things we've been looking at. New vision for the church. It says we will lead the way. See, what needs to happen is when Cambridge thinks of Harvest Christian Fellowship, they don't think of that bunch up there who, you know, waves a flag and they do all this other stuff. What they think of is a group of people that are just irrationally generous. That they are so generous that they will... Do you know how many times we have people come into Harvest House and they can't figure out why we're just giving stuff away? While we pay out... Y'all do no right as we pay out, right? While we pay out in truck rentals and truck purchases is what we're getting ready to do, and we pay for the rights to the to the uh, administrative stuff that we get. And they said, "Well, how do y'all do it? Well, we do it because of you guys. Because if it wasn't up to if it was up to." Just us, we may not have the resources, but because we are already on this track, we're already, you know how many people, people when I'm running into people, Steve, they say, well, where, I said, what are you doing this way? Because my accent's the first thing that gives me away. They say, you're not from here. No. Well, why are you here? Well, I came and I'm pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship. Is that the church that gives all this stuff away? They don't know. I get calls every week. And I, you know, I come in uh, at least maybe every day, sometimes, some weeks. But there's a call on the answering machine here at the church because they can't, they've either lost Harvest House number or whatever. They say, "Uh, yeah, I'm in need and I heard you can help. Folks, you can't get any more love of God It's okay to pat them on the back and say, I'm praying for you. But what we want to be is the place of such irrational generosity that they know that, hey, look, what are are you going to get out of it? We get to sow into people's lives. We get to be heaven in their life right then, right now. And it's not just Harvest House. There's other things that's coming. So we want to lead the way with irrational generosity. We truly believe it is more blessed to give than receive. Now, just imagine the difference if we really decided that we we're going to live like this. That we really believe it's more blessed to give and receive. You know, what I found out in my life is a lot of times, God will give me a big bunch of money. And it's within a couple of days he asked me to give it away. <laughs> Don't keep it very long. Well, Why? Because I found out a long time ago, if money means nothing to me, then it comes, and then I understand what it means when I can just sit back and trust that my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. But I believe as we continue to develop this reputation, how many of you know this is not a bad reputation for a church to have? Now, we may do our own little charismatic craziness and we may have our own little stuff, and that's okay. We might have a reputation for that, but this needs to be our biggest goal. We're going to lead the way with irrational. Irrational means it doesn't make sense. Irrational means that you've got $1,000 in the bank and the Lord says, empty it out. Well, God, I don't know about that. I'm going to tell, tell a story. Years ago and early, early in our marriage, uh, and most of you, if you've been experiencing God class a couple of weeks, you probably heard Dee talk about this. Um, we ran into some financial difficulty, and I just got paid, and I'd give the money to Dee, and she said, well, how much offering and how much of this do we give? I said, I don't care. Do what you got to do with it. I'm just, I'm going to tell you, you may not have ever had financial hardship. I have, okay? It doesn't embarrass me to say it. Thank God I'm not now. So the, the offering comes by, and the Holy Spirit tells her, put the whole thing in. Put his whole check in. We can't even pay a car payment right now, God. Now, story goes on, she didn't. She put in a, a, a huge, a, a big offering, which would have been huge for us at the time. And the Holy Spirit told her, said, I would have got you completely out. Well, let me tell you something, that's a lesson we learned once. Yes, <laughs> we were destined never to repeat that. We were, we were in a place one time where it was, it, we, were, we were driving a piece of junk. <laughs> okay. And, uh, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to start paying X amount of dollars to, uh, to this person on telling they, they have to put it in their car payment. I said, okay. So I don't know for how long we did this. Every month, wrote them a check, said for your car payment, for your car payment. All of a sudden, after a while, these people call us and say, hey, can you come down to the house? We say, yeah, so we go down the house. They said, God told us to give you this car. <laughs> it was the car we were paying payments on. <laughs> Another time, we're driving down the road, and, and, and this lady, I was, a, I was a basketball coach then, and uh, one of my players' mom said, I need you to uh, drive me to the game because her husband's meeting me there. I said, okay, and um, so then I take off. And she said, oh here, you need to drive. I said, all right, so we're driving down the road and uh, she starts talking about stuff and I'm like, where is she going? And the way she's talking, she's talking about jewelry and I'm thinking, she's getting ready to give Dee some jewelry here. (laughs) This is gonna be nice. I was was getting excited, Dee's gonna get some pretty jewelry and she said, so anyhow, you have to drive me because uh, you're taking this car home. Yeah. I can't tell you how many cars we've given away. How many we've gotten back. Now, one way of being generous, that's one way that God does things. That's called sowing and reaping, folks. But what I'm going to talk to you today, it it, it brings benefits. Anytime you sow into the kingdom, it brings benefits. There's reaping. But we're going to look at irrational generosity. And what does irrational generosity look like? Well, let's start out. Um, is Jeremiah or whoever's on there? Is Jeremiah? Did I put it up there today? Jeremiah twenty nine. What is it? Five? I don't know if it's up there or not. Uh, But it's the scripture that all this was coming from. When God told me, He said, "If you don't love a city, you'll never win a city." And in that, He tells them, He said, "Begin to pray for the city in which I've led you away captive." For in its welfare, you'll find welfare. And so in the blessing of the city in which you're in, the Lord says is where you'll find your blessing. He said, the city I've carried you away captive. And so we wonder sometimes, well, how can that be good? I feel like I'm a prisoner in this little tiny town. Oh, you got it. He said, and to seek and inquire for, require and request the peace and the welfare of the city to which I have caused you to be carried away captive. Got to notice something there. God put them there. And you're in Cambridge or here close because this is where God put you. (laughs) And he says there, he said, pray for him. And for, to the Lord for it, and in the welfare of the city in which you live, you will have welfare. You say, well, what is that? That is when the city's blessed, you'll be blessed. And if we really believe that it is better to give than to receive, what happens in this reciprocity of all this is we give and all of a sudden we get back. We're like, okay, I've got this. So what do i going to do? Well, I'm just going to give. There needs to be in, in this church and in our own lives a continual cycle of sowing. Irrational sowing. Sowing that doesn't make sense for you to give it. God, I don't understand. Why are you asking me to give this? Because he has a plan. Go to Acts twenty thirty five, <clears throat> And this is where we take that verse. It is better to give than receive. In Acts twenty thirty five, he says, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus who taught, giving brings far greater blessing than receiving. I, I love how the passion puts that. Giving brings far greater blessing than receiving. So I want to look at what irrational generosity looks like. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll get to the receiving sometime other time. Today we're going to talk about the giving. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1. Beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace God has poured out on the churches of Macedonia. Now, you got to understand, at this time, Macedonia was a poor place. Paul had already been there, and he's writing to the church and said, I've got to tell you about these guys. There is so much going on here. He said, for, during, for even during a season of serving, a severe difficulty and tremendous suffering, they became even more filled with joy. How did they become even more filled with joy? We're going to look at that. But you've got to understand, what he's getting ready to tell them is actually the recipe for the Macedonian joy. These next few verses are the recipe for Macedonian joy. He said, from the depths of their extreme poverty, super abundant joy overflowed into them into an act, I love that, of extravagant Generosity. See, when we really understand that we're coming into the joy of the Lord, it it causes us to respond in certain ways. And in the Macedonians, when they became overfilled with joy, they began to extremely give. And if we really believe that it's better to give than receive, offering time should not be something we dread. Because your offerings keep lights on and Bill's paid and Harvest House running and and all these things that we're so excited about. And I'm going to challenge you. As we move into this season of of, of Harvest Christian Fellowship, let's begin to let our extreme, oh, I'm so happy. People tell me that. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Well, it should come out a certain way. The Macedonians said they began to get filled with joy and out of their extreme poverty, superabundant joy overflowed into an act of generosity. Verse three, for I can verify that they did what? Spontaneously gave. You ever been in one of those churches where people just rush to altar throwing money? Those are fun. I've been on the receiving end of those. Those were real fun then. <laughs> but I, and I've seen it, and I don't know how many, how many, how many's ever been in a place like that. Well, good, where it's just, oh man, there's something going on here. And so I mean, I've had people wad up, throw, chuck. $100 bills and all this. Why? Because when joy begins to get so high and begins to fill us to a place, it says that it should come out in extreme generosity. And he said, here, they spontaneously gave. It wasn't, let's stand up and let's take an offering. It's they walked by the box and they put it in because I can't wait to give. All right, this is so quiet. Preach on money. When's the last time you just spontaneously gave? Now, there's times when we plan out our giving. And then there's times when you look around and you think, I'm so blessed I can't see straight. Let me do something about this. Because I want somebody else blessed. He said, I can verify that they spontaneously gave, not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. This is what irrational generosity looks like. This is what Harvest Christian Fellowship should start looking like. This is what you personally should start looking like. That it's not just what I can afford, but it drives me to give even far beyond. He said, I can verify that they spontaneously gave, not according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. When's the last time we did that? Don't, don't answer. When's the last time we gave beyond what, that it was scary? Anybody ever gave a scary gift? <laughs> oh, scary gifts are fun, aren't they? It's like, God, if this ain't you, I'm broken. I'm begging somebody else for some money I'm about to give out. But there's a scary, you know, they have different offerings in the Old Testament. They have wave offerings and heave offerings. Where even, You know, they have all these different offerings. I think sometimes we should just take a scary offering. Let's take a scary. What's a scary offering? That it scares you how, much, how generous you're getting ready to be. Well, why would I ever do that? Because there's blessing in the giving. Oh, isn't that what Acts said? Acts said it's more blessed to give than receive. Said there's greater blessing. Well, I just want all the blessings of the Lord. Well, then guess what those are tied to? Come on. It's tied to the giving. Um, now, y'all ready? Short message today. You can't preach finance. You know, I'm not as good as Jim Baker. I can't, I can't preach for 18 solid weeks on just finance. That man's something else. If you ever, hey, let me tell you, go on Zion Christian Fellowship and listen to Jim's messages on finance. Just do it. You'll be blessed. There's a little plug if somebody from Zion's watching. Actually, our adopted kid goes to Zion so she can tell them. Now look at verse 4. This is, where, this is a scary gift. They actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of gifts. When's the last time? I, hey, you're a retired pastor. I have never, ever had a congregation beg me for the offering. Please take the offer. Do it now. Let's don't wait. I know we have an order. When's the last time? Did you ever get begged to receive an offering? <laughs> but I like it here. He said they actually begged us for the privilege. Giving is a privilege. It's not a requirement. Come on. Come on. We look at giving all wrong. Well, this is what I have to do. <laughs> Instead of time to make the donut, time to write the check. Let me appease God a little bit. No, they viewed giving as a privilege. Folks, I would love to be in a service where the congregation says, please, let's take it now. Let's not wait. We got money. I tease my daughter all the time. Reese can save money. She's a little like me. If it's there, I've got a plan. Folks, we can't have, that money can't have us that way. Here, they, I love this. Oh my goodness. They actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in the ministry of giving. Well, I want to be in the ministry. Well, good. How about the ministry of giving? Well, I can't afford to give. Folks, without going into long teaching, because that'll be later this year, you can't afford not to. Because the blessing is tied up in the giving, not the receiving. See, we think we're blessed when we receive. He said, you're blessed when you give. And then it unlocks so much other things. He said, (coughs) to God's, so who are they giving to? To God's holy people who were living in poverty. Where is this church? Where is that church that was begging? Well, I think Harvest Christian Fellowship we need to take on the words of Horton Here's a Who. Anybody ever seen that? That's a good one. When all they wanted people to do was hear them on their speck. And they all cried out with one voice. We are here. Well, where's the people that's gonna beg to be involved in the ministry of giving? I think should start crying out. Go to the top of this hill right out here, go out these doors and start crying. We are here. We'll be the ones of irrational generosity. See, what happens today is people expect some type of free gift. Order today. Or no, no, it's usually filled on Christian television. Which, y'all ready for a big confession? I don't watch. <laughs> Couldn't tell you the last time I watched Christian. There's nothing wrong if you do. That's great. Good for you. <laughs> oh, I just took my foot in my mouth. <clears throat> but it's always with, the, with your gift of, we will send you our latest book. With your gift of, we will, when's the last time it just came to say, I just want to give? But see, people don't, because what they figured out is people don't just give anymore. There has to be something attached to it. Do you know that's why we don't try to force the church or even Jesus down people's throat to come to Harvest House and to give to them? You say, why? Because we're excited about the ministry of giving. See, this is when you know you're really home. You just stop what you're doing and get your cough drops out. Well, they're excited about the ministry, but it's, it's always, you do realize when you give to someone to get a free something, you really aren't getting anything free, right? You actually just bought their book. You bought their prayer shawl. You bought their holy water, whatever it is. I can, did y'all know I used to work? for a company that answered all the ministry's phone calls? You think you're calling those individual ministries, you're not, you're calling one big company in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a big call center and it comes up and I'll, I'll, I'll stop there because I could tell you all kinds of back, backdoor secrets some people do. <laughs> but you're buying stuff, folks. But when you come into the house of God this is not the place to look for your free gift. This is like, I believe in what we're doing, and I'm excited about it, so please, man, shut up, and let's take the offering. Please, Ron, just stop singing long enough. To, see, we haven't got there yet because we're always wanting to get. What am I going to get out of this? What am I? Well, when, when Ron picks the right music and, and they all hit the right notes, then I'll be excited enough to give. verse 5 well, that, ought that ought to happen every Sunday Matt says Chapter, I mean, verse 5 they exceeded our expectations why? because they dedicated themselves fully to the Lord and then to us but according to God's pleasure, irrational generosity will always follow people who are completely dedicated to God well, what am I going to get up? It's not about that. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together. He says, they gave themselves beyond our expectations because they gave themselves fully. This is usually where pastors start getting in trouble. Again, that's why I admire Jim. He'll just stand up there and do it. Because uh, you know what usually makes people the maddest? Kids and money. Mess with their kids, you mess with their money. This is where pastors a lot of times have a hard time because it gets quiet like it is in here. Now skip verse 6, go to verse 7, Bobby. It says, you do well to excel in every respect in unstoppable faith In powerful preaching, in revelation knowledge, in your passionate devotion, and in sharing the love you have sown. So make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. He said, look, you all can preach to the house down. You all have faith that is unbelievable. You have revelation that is something else. You show love. So now... Now this is what he's telling the Corinthians here. The Macedonians are doing this, so now, Corinthians, you're good preachers, you're good love, you're good at faith, you have all this revelation, so now excel in grace-filled generosity. Folks, it needs to be a goal in our own individual lives to look for places to be irrationally generous. Dee and I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's a real cool restaurant there called Casa Bonita, and it's it's a themed place. One part of the restaurant there's a big like a 40 foot waterfall, and you sit down, sit around. And another place it's a, uh, a Mexican cafe. Another place it's hollowed out rock where you're eating in a cave, and you know it's just a real cool place. And uh, what even makes it better is they put a little flag on your on your uh, table, and when the flag's up, they just bring you more food. Your flag's down, they stay away, they don't bother you. Put your flag up, I want more water, okay. Put your flag up, I want some more of those burritos. As long as you can eat it, they bring bringing it. So we we're, were in there one day, and uh, I looked up, and here's this big old guy, in bibbed overalls, <laughs> tattooed, beard about like mine, and he kept, he kept looking at a line going, I'm like, what in the world? A few minutes later, Ron, he'd go. I'm like, I'm going to end up having to fight somebody before I get out of here. All I want is a burrito. A few minutes later, I'm like, oh, gee, many Christmas. So then all of a sudden, he steps out of line and he starts walking back toward me. I mean, he, his eyes, his eyes. And I'm like, Okay. Plant the feet. Get square. (laughs) This guy thinks I'm somebody else. And he walks back to me and doesn't say anything. And he hands me this thing. It's about this thick. It's a thing full of coupons for free food. Did he give us money that day, too? Was there money in it, too? It was just... Okay, it was a different time. It's just this coupon of free food. He said, God told me I should bring this back here because he wants you to eat free today. Now, I don't know if that was for him and his family, but all I know is God shown a spotlight on me and he saw it. And it's this huge line. I mean, there's hundreds of people in line and he walks straight back there. Why? Because he understood it's blessed, more blessed to give than to receive because when you're at Ramah, you're broke. <laughs> you're a college student going to school every day, trying to work at night. And we decided we was going to go out. You say, what is it? It's irrational. Look for ways to be irrationally generous. Look for ways. Listen, listen to what's going on around you. Somebody blesses you with a meal, how about the price of your meal goes into your tip? Done that on a few occasions. Walk in, somebody says, well, you got a free meal today. Okay, then they got a $40 tip. Look for ways to be irrationally generous. It should not even make sense how generous we are. How are we going to pay for all this? How are we going to do it? It's in God's hands. It's God's, somebody told me a long time ago, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. So irrational generosity should follow that we make sure that we excel in grace-filled generosity. So the question is, how generous are we really? Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8. From the New Living Translation says this, says, but generous people plan to do what is generous. Oh, you gotta make a plan. I'm going to be a generous person, I'm not gonna be stingy. This money is just a way for me to continue the kingdom of God, and I am going to make plans to be generous. It's not gonna be, hmm, we should go, okay, God, what's today? What am I sowing today? What am I giving today? Who am I giving it to today, Lord? Dee and I sat around the other day. We've decided we're going to redecorate our house. So we started going through our furniture. Say, okay, who can we give this to? Who who, who Who can we give this to? Now don't raise your hand because we ain't ready to buy yet. Generous people make plans to do what is generous. I like this last part. And they stand firm in their generosity. That don't make sense for you to give that. So you really shouldn't give that. There's no way you should, you, you, you should do that. See, what happens is stingy people figure out how they can save more. Generous people make plans to be generous. You've heard the old phrase, you can't outgive God. Well, there are times I've outgiven God because I didn't hear where he said to put it. But he always finds a way to bless me, Ron. Giving and generosity, folks, must be more than what we do, it has to be who we are. Everybody good? Everybody still? I know I'm not shout, you're not shouting me down. It never happens as money anyhow. Generosity should never be what we do. It's who we are. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Just hang with me. I'm almost done. I can get you out and you can go plan to be generous in somebody's restaurant. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. He says, will a mere mortal... Rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And the Lord responds with, in tithes and offerings. See, a lot of people want to say, well, my tithe, my tithe, my tithe. It's not your tithe. Those are God's. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> Those are God's. All right, And so God says, if we don't bring the tithe and in offerings, it's actually thieving from him. How many of you know the thief's not blessed? All right, I'm going on. man! goodness. He said, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Well, that's old covenant. I can show you in the new covenant where Jesus continues this uh, line. Of thinking bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food provision in my house so bring the whole tithe into the storehouse if this is your church this is your storehouse you say what do you mean because you'll want to some you want to have a place to have your kids wedding you want to have a place to have funerals you want to have somebody to be there and visit and and do all this other stuff I mean we know it takes money to do those things. Okay, <laughs> that there may be food in my house. Now listen to what God says. This is one of the few times God says, "Put me to the test. Prove me. He said, "Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God says, here, put me to the test. I'm going to challenge you today. Harvest Christian Fellowship as a corporation, corporate body, I should say, and as you individual. Let's get irrational about our giving. Let's get silly about it. Maybe next year we want to pick up another store. Maybe next year we want to buy two trucks. Come on, somebody say it again real loud. Warehouse. Maybe we okay then if we're expecting a warehouse to come guess what we have to do we have to be irrational about our giving because the blessing is tied in the giving not in the receiving come on you say why do you want a warehouse cuz we want to give more stuff away you need a warehouse have you anybody been in harvest house lately it's overflowing it has moved upstairs it's time to make some changes. And I believe we're the people to do it. Imagine what Cambridge is going to look like when we're just stupid about our generosity. It's scary about what God has got planned. Now, he says, that I want to open up the windows of heaven or the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Verse 11, because it's tied into the giving, I will prevent the pest... From devouring your crops. you got to understand, back then he's talking to farmers. Now crops is what you have. All right. I'll prevent the pest from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. It's tied to the giving. Everybody's still good? Only got a couple more. Good. All right. John chapter 12. Worship Giving is an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship. Uh, Don't ever dread the offering. John chapter 12, verse 3. Jesus is in in Lazarus and Martha and Mary's house. Martha's out doing her Martha thing. (laughs) Running circles around, trying to make sure everything's done. Lazarus and Mary sitting with Jesus, and look what Mary does. And Mary took a pound of fine ointment, pure nard, which is both, what is it, rare and expensive. See, she understood that her worship might cost her something that she worked hard for. Our offering and our generosity in that form of worship, it may cost us something. But I promise you, what God is getting ready to drop in you is nothing compared to what you think you're dropping onto him. Oh, my. It is both rare and expensive. And then she anointed Jesus' feet with it. And then <laughs> she wiped him with her hair as, a, as the pleasant fragrance of this extravagant ointment filled the entire house. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was plotting to betray Jesus, began to speak. How could she pour out this vast amount of fine oil? Why didn't she sell it? It's worth nearly a year's wage. She poured a year's wages. He's never asked me to do that, Marge. And if he ever does, let it be my worship. That does it. He said, it could have been sold. In nearly years wages, the money could have been given to the poor. You will always have that voice inside of you that says, what in the world are you doing? Do you know how much that is? Do you know how much that is to you? It doesn't matter how much it is and how much is. Let me tell you something. It may be a hard thing for you to give a dollar. There's not an amount on this thing, folks. Okay. If, if 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 a dollar for you is ex- generous and is extravagant, then you smile, you get happy, you say, "Come on, man, take up the offering. I got a dollar to give." And it's as hard, it's as hard for me to give this dollar, but I'm gonna give this dollar because I believe in irrational generosity and I believe my blessing lies in my giving, not in my receiving. It is more blessed to give than receive. So come on, man, let's take up this offering. I've got a dollar. You may be sitting there today with 10,000. You should be going, come on, let's not dread what we're giving. Judas really didn't care If she sold the money to the poor. What you don't need to know about Judas is he was Jesus' treasurer. Yes, Jesus had a treasurer. Jesus was not some broke dude, bum, going around the streets. He had a house. He had money. Well, how much money did he have? He had enough for Judas to skim off the top. And that's what Judas was doing. We all have this Judas inside of us. Well, I know it's the tithes is God, but I can put partial tithe now and skim a little off the top. I can figure out where I can do things. (laughs) There will always be that voice that says, this is ridiculous. Well, irrational generosity answers that question by saying, I know it's ridiculous, but oh my. I'm so blessed because I do it. This is what happened. She said, I'm giving you a year's wages. She broke that thing open and began to pour it out. See, you've got to understand, most of the time, they walked around. Do you realize that animals didn't always go to the fields to relieve themselves? So when you walked around, it was customary to wash somebody's feet because you don't know what all they're tracking into your house. And it was a sign of honor. She went farther than that. His feet had already been washed because he was already in the house. And she said, you know what? Now that you've been washed, let me take one of the most expensive things in my life and I will worship you for what I have. I will worship you with what I have worked hard for. (laughs) She worked hard for the money. Go. Go. Nobody? <laughs> I got a few heads going. Tuh, 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 tuh. She worked hard for the money. And She said, my worship to you is not worth, is worth so much more than what I've worked hard for. And when we start seeing our own finances that way, and when Harvest Christian Fellowship sees its own finances and its own budget that way, that our worship to him is so much more than just the dollars that we save at the end of the year to figure out what we're going to do with next year. That, hey, it wouldn't bother me if this year we come out at the end of the year and say, well, we got $5 in the bank. Well, we've done something right. Then let's move on and go somewhere else and start believing God for more. But Judas always says, come on, this could have been used for something else. This could have been used for the poor. He didn't care. He was wanting to get his hands on it. Oh, mercy. Is this okay? Okay. Acts chapter 4. I'm almost done. Acts chapter 4, verse 35 out of the Passion Translation says, the apostles gave a powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord and the great measure of grace rested upon them all. And some who owned houses or land sold them and brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those without. And look what happened out of that extreme generosity. Not a single person among them was needy. When we operate in extreme generosity, And irrational generosity. It not only does it meet our own needs, but it'll meet the needs of everyone around us. My God shall supply all your need. And when I become irrationally generous, he not only meets my need, he begins to meet Ted's needs out of my generosity. He begins to meet Rocky's needs out of my generosity. My generosity may only be a dollar, but Rocky can be blessed out of my dollar. Come on. Now the graphics and stuff, I told you, these came from another ministry. And it it spurned me to, to write the messages around it. But I wanna quote Greg Grishel to you real quick. If you don't know who he is, look him up, he's awesome. He said this, and we're talking about Jesus and we. We're talking about irrational generosity. He said, I visualize a church of irrational generosity. People who start with the tithe as a beginning point and they give offerings well beyond that. I see a group of people who are not entitled but see themselves as entrusted with God's resources to do more to whom much has been given, much is required. And we have been given much, therefore God expects much. Now let me tell you just a real quick thing about His church. How many in here on your, Bible, on your phone right now, you have the U version? Anybody else? His church is the one that developed that and gave it all away. They've given millions of copies of this app away. Why? Because they figured something out that Harvest is getting ready to figure out. God expects much. He said, I see a group of people who believe deep within their heart that is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Therefore, as followers of Jesus, we will be irrationally generous. When people look on us, may they say, I don't know if I believe what you believe but I don't know why you're doing what you're doing, but I see your generosity and I wanna know more. That's why Harvest House exists. That's why we do the things we do, because they may not believe what we believe. They might not understand what we're doing, but because of that generosity, because of that generosity, they say, I want to know more. <laughs> I want to know more. Folks, this is a challenge to Harvest Christian Fellowship. This is my challenge to you. Bobby, bring that up, that last one. It says, we will lead the way with irrational generosity. Make that our declaration today. We will lead the way with irrational generosity. We truly believe that it's more blessed to give than receive. This is for you today. This is for me today. It's time to find out where we really are. Amen? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We give you praise and glory. And Father, I thank you that you are changing us. You are opening up our eyes to these things and that it will change us forever. That when we begin to operate in the kingdom principles of sowing, that reaping follows. When we begin to operate in the principle of tithing, that the floodgates of heaven are open and they are poured out upon us. We thank you for these opportunities. In Jesus' name, amen.